0: Category is. is... Mental
1: health. Category is. is... It takes a village. Category is. is... Motherfucking stories
2: over stigma.
0: Ya We myself what a wonderful
3: Right. Like, you know, I mean, I wish I could be where you are and just head out to the beach with no shoes on. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm completely tired of the winter. Uh, and it's only been two weeks. And it's
1: just started.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're already tired and we just started it.
4: Magic. So uh, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Um, oh, I say not too bad. I'm um, very very, um, sorry, I got noisy kids. I'm um, very up and down over the last couple of months, which is a classic bipolar answer, I suppose. Yep. How, how's your how's your whole family uh, family's going really well yeah we had a um, my mum doesn't buy Christmas presents for our kids it's a it's a rule she's got she buys a day out instead so yesterday we went to a, um, a, a reptile enclosure and got to handle a python
1: I saw really that cool. I saw and, that on um, Facebook
4: yeah and we went to a pool and we went to a waterfall and we went to a, a country pub for lunch and um, takeaway for tea it was just a magic day wow that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Heaps of fun. and I mean, mum can spend a certain amount of money on each kid and buy them a, a toy or something that they'll play with for a couple of days and then that's it. Or she can yeah. buy something they're going to remember for a long, long time.
3: Yeah, they'll definitely remember that. You know, that's what the holidays are made of. You know, Christmas is about memories, not gifts, you know?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: No, that's that's very cool. So how's the love of your life? Where is she
4: tonight? Sarah. Uh, she's uh, she's out there keeping the kids um keeping the kids quiet while we do this. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Probably on so, a second cup of tea by now.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's been um it's been pretty crazy for us too. I mean, we've talked about it last week. I don't know if you heard last week's show. Actually, no.
1: No, it hasn't been published yet.
3: It hasn't been published yet. Yeah. So by this time, everyone would have known that Rebecca's brother was in a bad car accident. Um. Yeah, yeah it was it was just really awful, and she's been really stressed out. So. Yeah um yeah it's been it's been awful but enough with that what's new with you are you you have a lot of going on I mean you've been in publications you're like you're becoming big time down there down under
4: well that's the that's the plan anyway um in the last uh it was November the 17th I suppose we launched our well my first kids book
3: oh tell us about it
4: so it's called Murray in the seagull uh, we had a budgie named Murray um which was really cute but do you we have, have a cover yet?
3: Do you have a cover? Do you have a cover yet? Oh yeah, it's out. Oh, you have to send it to us so we can post it with the uh, with the, with this interview.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we had this budgie named Murray, and we let him out around the, the uh, living room to have a bit of a fly around and spread his wings a little bit and have some fun. But our youngest left the door open, and the bird was gone. Oh no! So we uh, we searched in vain for a couple of hours, sort of knowing deep down we probably wouldn't find him. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I was in a bit of a um, in a bit of a manic blur at the time and I wrote 10 stories about what the budgie's doing now he's in the wild
1: oh, that,
3: oh that's very cute oh my gosh and 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 are there t- t- tell us about the deeper meaning of the stories that you're writing like are yeah. you trying are you trying you teach is it like parables you're teaching like deeper life lessons like
4: yeah to a degree, yeah. Um, so the first book, which has been released, Murray and the Seagull, Murray flies to the beach and meets a seagull named Jensen. And I, I don't know what your beaches are like over there, but here we've got seagulls that regularly only have one leg. Oh, wow. From sharks? Sharks, fish. And sometimes, as in this book, they actually have two legs, but they pretend to have one leg, so they get a gain, gain an advantage over the rest of the seagulls when you're feeding them chips. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So this book's got a cute little message about kindness and helping and that sort of stuff. And um, and and it sort of, yeah, brings Murray to a point where he's helped this friend. The friend's done him a dirty by revealing this second leg. <laughs> but um, but it all, all winds up uh, really nice in the end.
3: So tell us about the process. Like, how did you decide you wanted to write a children's book? And what did you, uh, did you self-publish or did you get hooked up with a, or linked with a uh, publisher. Like how did, what was your process?
4: Yeah. So I've I've been writing for about 20 years, news articles, sports stories, uh, interviews and stuff that I've done over the last 20 years. And I've always wanted to write a kid's book, but never had the, the inclination, the motivation or the talent. Right. So (laughs) it all sort of came together in one perfect storm. Right. Then I had the, you know, the the three, the the three factors. And I sat down and wrote these 10 stories in about three hours. um, Just, went crazy on the keyboard and then it was a matter of well these aren't too bad we should try and get it published. so we were rejected by 10 different publishers before they were picked up by a mob called shoreline publishing in ballarat in victoria and they saw a little bit of um saw a little bit of merit in what i'd written and got really behind the project and and away we went
3: Mm-hmm. That is amazing, Will. That's
4: awesome. And what has
3: um and and is it fully published? It's out. You've rolled out. Yep. It's on the well, shelves. It's
4: available. It's available on Amazon. Okay, um, which is cool. Um, Murray and the Seagull, and uh, the publishing process itself was really weird. Like you send your manuscript off to a publisher, and they go, "Oh no, not interested. Not interested. Not interested." And it's a bit like um, J.K. Rowling was rejected two hundred and six times before she got picked up. Yeah. Great. So two hundred and six publishers rejected Harry Potter. Yeah, um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that ten publishers rejected *Mary the Budgie*. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's fun. So, and and and, do you have any characters that actually are living with a mental illness
4: in the, in that book?
3: Like, how what, um, what what themes are you addressing, other um, than they're kindness?
4: Yeah, kindness. They're generally themes around issues that the birds. Like, so he meets different birds in each book. So I meet a kookaburra in another book and a lyrebird, which is a native Australian bird here. Uh, in another book. So it helped the live bird overcome shyness. Okay. Um, he meets a hawk and helps him overcome homesickness. Um, he meets an owl and helps it overcome a tummy ache. So little things that kids would have problems with. Um, this um, this little budgie Murray goes around and helps these people, or well, these birds, sort of come to grips with a little bit of problems and, and gets them through them.
3: You know what I like about what you're doing with your career now is is that you're being you're so much more... As people say, you're so much more than your illness, and yeah. what you're doing is is that you're proving that even with the illness, with proper treatment and proper care, you can live this wonderful, exciting life of doing diverse things. And you're just doing so
4: much. It's a really interesting thing. Like with, with the illness, it sort of there's been times where there's been absolute euphoric things, like when the um, when the book was going to be published, um, I cried like a baby. Great, right. um, but there's been other times when the book was released. Um, two weeks out of that, after that, um, everything was going really well. It was selling really well and getting really good reviews. And I wound up in the mental hospital for two days um, mm. on the suicide watch. So it's a really interesting little. Um, Were you issues. dealing
3: with the stress? Was it just like a lot of stress or.
4: no? It, there was stress, but it, it was like, everything's going really, really well, except this one little facet, which I couldn't put my finger on. I still can't really. Um, but yeah to get to that point where you you, you know you're locked in the ward um, when you've got all this good stuff going on was quite a, a strange little sensation
0: mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm.
4: i think it's it, i mean it,
3: it, there's never any explanation what triggers you now. like no. you just you just don't know like and, and i think sometimes it can be one issue and then the other time it could be something else like it you just don't know
4: yeah that's right and and there, there was the trigger was external from the book it was a work issue um, but to get to that point where you know everything else is going right, you're, you're cruising at nine out of ten, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The one out of ten was big enough to bring the whole thing crashing to its knees.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow!
4: So
3: t- tell us about the editorial process. Like, did you get to maintain your creative license, or mm-hmm. was there a lot that had to be adjusted because your publisher didn't think it would sell?
4: Uh, probably two points on that. The the writing. Not a word was changed, which was fantastic. So everything I wrote is in the book. Um, wow. That was really interesting. But when I first wrote the book, I've got a, a good friend of mine who's an illustrator or an, an artist, mm-hmm. and I got her to do the um, illustrations for me. Right. But they weren't commercially viable, the illustrations. Wow. Um, they were sort of done by pencil and hand drawing, that sort of stuff, and it wasn't going to make the, the whole thing pop. So that was a very difficult conversation to have with her to say, look, you know, you've done this amazing work, but unfortunately we can't use it and we got linked in with another um illustrator from western australia in perth and she's amazing like it's absolutely amazing and, and there's nothing wrong with what Nicole did initially but what mona's done with the book is phenomenal so you got two amazing artists and it was a matter of sort of picking the one that was going to be commercially viable
0: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. wow that's 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 great um uh, And were you able to? I haven't seen the cover, so it's kind of like. And I meant to ask you for a uh, like a sort of a pre-release copy, or you know something like that. But I'm definitely curious as to what are the parents saying about yeah the parents the the
4: parents in the the kids reading the book and loving it. The kids are loving it. That's the main thing. Like it's okay. It's sort of targeted at kids, sort of age three through to eight, I suppose. Okay. And the kids an are age. just lapping it up. We're getting feedback from parents who are friends of ours, or or through our Facebook page, saying, "And hey, my kid wants to read this book all day, every day."
3: No kidding. Which that's is, amazing,
4: fantastic. Like, and, and it's really funny. Like for me, I've been signing copies as well, mm-hmm. which is which I've been signing like Garth Brooks. It's incredible
1: that's kind of
3: surreal right
1: like can you sign my surreal. book
4: <laughs> somebody wants my autograph it's inside
3: <laughs> right oh that's amazing and so I know in the states here like they have popular like kid channels like PBS which is, like public broadcasting or Nickelodeon or you know um, but what are you know in terms of your book going mainstream like is that where you're headed or do you just want to stay in the small mom-and-pop shops and or wherever it takes you
4: it's a matter of wherever it takes me really. I'll, I'll wait and see what happens at the time and away we go but um, the mainstream one's interesting. I'm, I'm trying my guts out to get on to ABC which is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation to go on a couple of their kids shows and read on mm-hmm. their kids shows. Right. So if, I get, if I can get that, that would be amazing. We've been nominated for a Children's Book Council of Australia Award, which is really, really cool. Oh, that's
3: amazing, Will. That's really cool. Um, I love knowing talented people. Like now I'm like, man, soon you'll be able to take your Learjet and just come to the States and see us.
4: (laughs) It's really funny. Like two of the the award winners in my category that have won it in the past Mm -hmm. are a lady named Pamela Allen, who's a really prolific Australian writer and written amazing kids' books. Wow. And the other one is Banjo Patterson, who is um, Australia's answer to Mark Twain, I suppose really has, has won this category before
3: and you're now competing in that wow Congratulations, I'm that well. that's amazing just nuts. so like what what like what are your what, what's your wife saying now like your wife totally is like man i'm married to a rock star now
4: yeah she is a bit like that um, yeah she's she's so behind the process it's, it's just unbelievable like she um you know when we get um, packages in the post with more books and that sort of stuff. We call it Murray Mail and she'll send me a message, oh we've got Murray Mail today and, mm. um, and yeah, you know, she's right behind the process which is fantastic and, and anything I'm trying to do with the book she's really supportive of and, and it, it's, it just makes the whole process so much better like we had a, um, I don't know if you've heard in the States recently, there was a, um, an accident here in Tasmania where a jumping castle got picked up by the wind and six yes. kids passed yes. away
1: yeah, so we
4: saw that. Your, so the author community and Sarah behind me, um, we've gathered up about five hundred dollars worth of books to donate to the fundraising effort to help these GoFundMe pages for these kids and things like oh. that. So, and Sarah drives a lot of that by just encouraging me to do what I need to do.
3: Wow, that's amazing. I mean, it's good to have a partner like someone who is really like your better, like your better half, your conscience. You know, like they help you uh, look good. You know, because they are oh, yeah. good. They have a pure heart. I think there's,
4: this there's, This is also like there's, there's two sayings. There's one, you know, behind every man is a good woman, which mm-hmm. is uh, so true. But the 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 way I say it is, um, she's the June Carter of my Johnny. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: I think this is a great story too about how you know you can take something that was made in mania, which is usually yeah. you know we always just write it off as a bunch of trash because we were in mania, but you can take that and you can be successful
3: with it. I think some of the most brilliant artists of the 19th and 20th and 21st centuries were manic in some way. I mean, well, they mean,
1: mostly had mental illness. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, was, They all had different kinds, I mean, but it you, was mostly mental. Illness.
3: Andy Warhol, Jackson Pollock. I mean, Rembrandt. I mean, you look at all of these people, writers, yes. and, who
1: was the one that cut his ear off.
4: Van Gogh. Yeah, Van, Van Gogh. Go.
1: Yeah. I mean, they are crazy. I mean,
4: I mean you look at you look at Van Gogh or someone like uh, Robin Williams even or Kirk Cobain or Right, you know, like of, they're super talented
1: and, and they're flawed, deeply super flawed. tormented.
4: Yeah, super tormented. I saw a sort of thing the other day about Van Gogh that he only sold one painting while he was alive.
1: Yeah, he never saw any success during his lifetime. Never saw any
4: success, but but now he's went. yeah. You know, obviously, you know, Van Gogh, yeah, you know, he doesn't have a first name, he's a bit like Madonna.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I know, and, and in like some way you're like, wow, man, if he could see this, like what a, what an amazing, like, you know, turn mm-hmm. of circumstances. If that were me, I'd be kicking myself. Like, God, you son of SOBs. Like I put, yeah. poured my heart in my work and you ignored me and wasn't good. Die. And then all of a sudden I'm dead. And now you <laughs> want to do, I mean, like, what can I do now? And now you want to be friends.
4: Now yeah. you want to be now friends.
3: Now you want to be friends. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it, it's so great to see, you know, how your career has evolved, especially, you know, when we first met Will, I mean, Rompus Room, which is funny as heck. I know. And then that was such a funny, funny show. And one of our most popular shows too. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we look at the analytics, this is one of our most popular shows. People really like it.
4: Yeah, we and, sort of fell off the rails on that one a little bit because um it all just got very, very hard with uh, COVID and kids home homeschooling and things like that. It it all just got too much for us. We'd love to get back into it again, but it's a matter of finding the minutes to be able to do it. Like there's just yeah, you get um you get 24 hours in a day and we're currently using 27.
1: Yeah, we you know, we kind of ran into the same problem. We're just getting back into making more shows. I mean, cause like I had medication issues and then there was talk of hospitalization, and like during yeah. all that time, it was like yeah, this kind of wasn't the biggest priority at that moment.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and and this is, I I think it's a good outlet, um, you know, that she's like created for us, but at the same time, you're right, bandwidth is huge. Like, you know, like you don't just don't have enough hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you know you go from Rumpus room, and then I think what was next? You had an article spotlight on you overcoming. It was about you know you living with mental illness, I think. Yeah. And then yeah, and then you've just kind of blossomed from there.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah it's, it's it's been a really fun process actually. Like and, and like you said before, um, yeah, you, you're not your diagnosis. You are you know still a person, still able to do do some really cool things. And I've been really lucky to do some really cool things over the last couple of months with the book and and i mean with the book itself we've been uh signed up for another three books um we right. so throw more in the series coming out um before christmas next year or this year now i suppose
3: wow well, i mean the next time we might be interviewing you on your yacht i mean that'd be man. nice <laughs> in
4: the, in the wit sundays off queensland fishing
3: <laughs> Exactly. We might have to take that 14-hour flight down there. We were just talking about that the other day. I was like, man, I'd love to go to Australia, but gosh, that is such a long flight.
4: Yeah, From if, here, if someone yeah. a that'd be a long flight.
3: I swear. And then, like, of course, it's Sunday there now. And in the
4: morning about um yeah, yeah quarter to ten, so yeah and, and it's yesterday it's, we had of sleep sleeping this morning and
3: yeah it's like saturday night now evening and and 5 43 and the sun's going down and you're just getting your sunday like started it's excellent it literally yeah, is the cool other well. side of the earth
4: it is it is the other side of the earth and we do exist apparently which
3: is cool yeah well that's good for now yeah we're still here it's <laughs> it's so funny I, i'm watching this um uh, british tv series um uh, what is it called? Hard Sun. I don't know if you've watched it I'm at all, that. but the premise of the show is that the sun is going to lose its, the star is going to lose its uh, its basic power. And then <laughs> it's it'll be a mass extinction event on earth. And what, it, it's a British show, it's filmed in London. And the whole premise is that it got out, it leaked out, but then like MI6 is trying to like get it back. Um, you know, people love a good like conspiracy uh, hey. uh, uh, series. But you say I say all oh, that. Um, uh, I don't know why I was actually bringing that up. Why did I bring that up? Oh my god, this I feel like an old man. You I think it, I think <laughs> there was a reason why I brought up was a reason why I brought out the whole hard son um, um, show, and I think it had something to do with you know your life there in Australia, um, maybe the end of the world. That's what I was trying to say. But whatever, we'll move on. So tell us, how many copies have you sold, or what, what, what's the cost of your book?
4: Yeah, so um, on, in Australian dollars, it's sixteen ninety five. Um, which 95 You guys are cool. in pounds or?
3: No, we're in, we're in Australian dollars.
4: I think, no, the, I think the conversion own. rate at the moment is oh, 73. Right. One Australian dollar by 73 US cents, I think. Okay. Something around that. Um, in terms of how many copies sold, I don't know. Um, we do an audit every three months. So end of February, we'll do an audit and see exactly how many are sold. But um, I'm told the online sales continue to go up. Oh, oh, is that the cover?
0: London.
4: Sorry? No, uh, Rebe- oh, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah, look- yeah. I just sent you the cover.
3: Oh, that's amazing. It's mm-hmm. ten dollars here.
1: Yeah, it's ten on Amazon.
3: Yeah, on Amazon. Good. Oh my god, that's th- look at the illustration.
4: Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. So Mona, no,
3: you, you should be really proud of yourself.
4: Oh uh, Mona in Western Australia with the illustrations has just been absolutely phenomenal. Like they're they're just beautiful. And, and we're lucky; she's not illustrating as much anymore because she's just found full-time work. But she's going to keep going on our project, which is which is just the perfect um, scenario for us.
3: I think what we'll do is is we will put the show, the link to the book and the cover, um, yes. um, um, all on the homepage of the website, so people can just get it. I love it when our friends just excel and start really like just just killing it out there. I mean, you should be very pleased, Will.
4: Yeah, we are. We're really proud of the project and how it's all come together. Like it. so it's just from something so. I mean, we had like when the when the budgie escaped, we had, the kids were devastated. There were floods of tears, and mm-hmm. you know, what are we going to do now? Do we get another bird? How do you replace your pet, family pet? Or was all those sort of things, and and from that, it's gone to the kids are really excited. That you know some amazing things are happening. Like one of the really amazing things um, we talked about signing autographs before, and this is a quite funny story. Um, I've got a friend. I umpire cricket. And a friend of mine who played in the game that I umpired moved to Denmark. Mm. He got in touch with the Royal Palace of Denmark because Crown Princess Mary is from Tasmania. Oh, um, wow. I've, I've sent a copy to Crown Princess Mary in Denmark and I signed it for it. I didn't know what to sign. What, like when, you, when you're signing a book, do you say, you know, best wishes from Will or, you know, to Stephen <laughs> Rich for the Stars or what do you like? Yeah. What do you like <laughs> for Crown Princess of Denmark? <laughs> Keep going, you'll go okay? Or like... <laughs> Yeah, that's I don't. Funny. That's pretty funny. So, what did you end up putting? Uh, I, I didn't go with Hobart. Girl makes good. I didn't go with that. Uh, it was something along like, you know, "Please accept this gift from Tasmania" or something. Yeah, you know, really. you know stashy, boring, yeah. and, and you know, you don't want to offend the royal couple at all, but. right?
3: Yeah, yeah, you. You definitely don't want anyone sticking the royal police out on you no, or the no. royal guard.
4: Get the gendarmes after me; it'd be no good at
3: all. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing so i mean before you know it you might even become a sir yourself
4: fingers crossed anyway i've actually got another iron in the fire to send it to um sarah ferguson the duchess of york yes yes she does readings on instagram
1: oh that would be awesome that would be awesome i've got
4: um i've got a uh a postal address to post her a copy of the book i've sold out a copy so when i get my new copies i'll be able to post one to her and fingers crossed we'll be able to read that on instagram and that would be just amazing to have yeah, a member of the royal family reading my book <laughs> just, right that, that would, would be, be exciting no, no.
3: that would That'd be, be absolutely man. phenomenal like i don't know i mean like you uh, now i feel like we need to be planning a trip to Australia to just so we can hang in, the, in amongst greatness like
0: greatness.
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, you know what'll happen. It'll go viral. Like the right, the, I mean, just like this, I mean, someone will get it and it will, they'll read it someone of yep. importance. And, uh, and then all of a sudden before you know it, like your face is plastered everywhere.
4: That's what I'm hoping for. Like I'd, I'd love it to go large. Like the, the stories themselves, it's, it's not about me. It's not about you know, me being a celebrity and, you know, dishing out autographs like Taylor Swift or anything. It's about um, the story. Like for me, a story read is a story shared yes. and communication is what sets us apart from the animals. Like If we can yes. share a story and communicate, that's what sets us apart from the animals and that's what makes us different. And I think if the book can be shared by as many people as possible, they're, they're sharing a story and particularly these ones, which are just stories of kindness and helping and, and being caring. I think no, that's sort of something the world needs at the moment
3: you know absolutely and you know and, and and to some extent i can see you sitting around a fireplace with young people sitting at your feet and you're just reading stories to them like i can totally mind. see something like that happening um almost like miss doubtfire but not
2: like, <laughs> oh,
3: well, some, maybe on some puppets too uh
4: beard's a bit thick to mrs doubtfire <laughs> I, I don't know it depends she could be german she could be turned. Yeah, no, not quite Mrs. Doubtfire, but I'll tell
3: with something. <laughs> no, but no, that is um that's you should be so happy and so proud. And we're very proud of you here in the States. And we definitely are going to do our part to help uh, Thanks. you know, promote your project. I think, you know, when you know, I love the saying, I have both bipolar, I'm not bipolar. Yeah. And it's great yeah. because what is what your story is telling the whole world and definitely all the listeners we have, um, you know, you are more than your illness. And in fact, we wanted to read just real quick, since you're here, we we, we got something from a, uh, from a listener and um, from uh, Jason, Jason, and um, honey, why don't you go ahead and read it and then we'll all respond to it.
1: Okay. Um, I just started listening to you after finding out I am most likely bipolar and I have been misdiagnosed with depression and anxiety. I'm terrified and depressed lately due to this. I'm 46 and first got diagnosed with depression and anxiety in my early thirties. I always wondered why I never got better, but now learning more about this, it scares me. It does explain my addictions and issues a lot better, but the long road and struggle ahead, I don't want to deal with. Thank you for this platform for me to listen to every little bit helps. I will say to that, we're usually diagnosed with depression and anxiety first. That's almost, that's almost universal that we get depression and anxiety before we get bipolar.
3: Right. And Will, it's been, uh, what, three seasons now since you guys were on the show. Why don't you, to Jason, talk a little bit about your journey and how there is light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you're a shining example of, of just you know conquering or at least overcoming those hurdles and 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 living a quality life.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So what I'd say to Jason is a couple of things. Um, the first one is when you get that diagnosis, and and the diagnosis is correct. So we, we yeah, you know, like Rebecca said, we get the misdiagnosis a lot. When you get the correct diagnosis, for me personally, it was like that glass breaking moment. I don't know if you've seen the episode of, um, of How I Met Your Mother with the glass breaking moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It was like that. It explained the behaviours of a lifetime, and it gave me a chance to reconcile what I'd done over the last. I was 29 when I was diagnosed. So over the last sort of 15 years from when symptoms sort of started showing, I could explain why Why did I buy two cars in a day? You know, mm-hmm. Why did I buy a house in a town I've only been to once? You know, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to reconcile that, which was amazing. Uh, as, as for the long road ahead, I think for me with the long road ahead, knowledge is power. Right. So um, since I went to the hospital a month or so ago, I've learned a lot more again since. So the more I know, the better I can be prepared for what's coming up ahead. And you have things like uh, medication changes. Rebecca's talked about a medication issue and things like that. Um, if you know what your medication actually does, is handy. Uh, mm-hmm. If you know what works for you, you know the side effects and all that sort of stuff, that works really, really well as well. So mm-hmm. I recently changed from one medication to another for the, um, for the higher end, for the psychosis end. Mm-hmm. And i found that's worked so well. I've lost weight because I'm not on this medication that helps me, that gives me the munchies. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> that helps. And you know, that sort of thing helped a lot. And the other thing that I found is, and I'm not a, I mean, you, you guys can see the video. I'm not the, the, the fittest or most active person in the world, <laughs> but I've found that when I'm running around and moving and participating in club sport and things like that, Know, exercise as much as possible helps a lot, and not only will it. Um, you know, I play hockey, field hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. I lost seven kilos playing field hockey last year. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did the weight loss help me my self esteem, but the endorphins you get from running around and hitting a ball and being with your mates and you know maybe having a beer afterwards and doing all that sort of stuff um, mm-hmm. is just works wonders for your mental health. And through the whole hockey season, I really had a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we we have learned over the years that at least for me, exercise is very important. And like you said, it's the endorphins, you know, you get enough endorphins, you get enough made in your brain. Naturally you need less than a pill. Right. So yeah. Exercise is definitely part of the treatment plan. Um, It
4: it doesn't have to be a organized sport or anything like that. If Jason's keen enough just to grab his dog and walk around the block, that's a yeah. fantastic start, and you yeah. never discount that. Um, yeah. But if he wants to, what he says, forty-six. So there's all sorts of options. I've been listening to podcasts recently of people who have been in the uh, mid to late forties who are starting mm-hmm. ultra marathon running. Oh wow, that might be something he wants to do. And, yeah, you know, winning world, winning world over fifties championships in marathon running, or or <laughs> mountain biking, or yeah, you know, the you're not limited to what you can do. This is the beauty of the twenty first century. Is When my mum and dad were growing up and their parents were growing up in Tasmania, you played cricket in the summer and Australian rules football in the winter. That's it. (laughs) Those were the choices. (laughs) Those were the choices. There was no, you know, girls might play netball, for example. But outside that, now we have, you know, hockey, cricket, football, netball, rugby, soccer, darts, bloody eight ball. Uh, walking the dog, mountain biking, running, walking—there's you know, just a million different things you can do. You can find something that tickles your fancy. It might be music, even.
0: Mm-hmm. It might not
4: be exercise. It might be exercise for the mind, like you know, finding a uh, an, an artist you really like and really you know, pumping their good stuff through the headphones on repeat and enjoying it that way. Like I've got a I've got a playlist that I go to when things aren't going well, like, you know, it's just called the the lockdown playlist because it's know I lock my brain down and listen to this music. Mm -hmm. Right. The other lockdown one, and this is a little, little secret that I've got is there's a movie called Harvey Crumpet, H A R V I E Crumpet with a K. And it's a 24-minute stop-motion animation movie. It's a bit like Wallace and Gromit or Shaun the Sheep or something like that. I love that. It's made by an Australian guy called Adam Elliott who actually won an Oscar for Best Director of an Animation for this movie. Oh, very cool. And it's about a migrant from Poland who moves to Australia. Mm. And he's got some mental health issues. He's got Tourette's and he winds up with Alzheimer's. And to follow his life in stop-motion animation is just enough to make you go, oh, life is grand. (laughs) So uh, um, if Sarah comes out of the bathroom sometimes and sees me watching Harvey Crumpet, she knows that something's not right with me. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: And I'm trying to get that balance back again by watching this movie. So Great. If, if ever you're short on something to have a look at, Harvey Crumpet um, will just make your life go, oh, this is amazing. That's <laughs> <laughs> an uplifting movie in such a depressing state. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, it's, uh, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. You know,
1: I also find that um, something that I found is, you know, you say that you, you know, music helps you to kind of unwind and stuff. But one thing that I have always, that I'm a reader. So like, if things are bad or like, I just need to check out for a minute, like I'll, I'll just read, Um, you know, you find a good novel, you find something that interests you. um,
4: That's also a great thing to do too. It's so funny. People talk about going to the happy place.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: And if yeah. you find your happy place, whatever that might be, a happy place could be anything. It could be, you know, throwing the Frisbee for your dog. It could be feeding your dog because You know, your dog likes a nice meaty bone or something like that. Or it could be, you know, watching something on telly or listening to a music, listening to music, a good book. Um, it could be, I don't know, weeding the garden was always a good one for me. Like, you know, yeah, if I was struggling a little bit, I'd go out and weed the garden and, and um, you know, I need to do it now. It's bloody horrible at the moment. You should see it. It's like a jungle. <laughs> <laughs> which have been going pretty well lately.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the other thing I would say is it kind of sounds like it kind of sounds in his comment that like, you know, he's struggling with it and it's kind of like, this is the end for me. Like, this is all mm-hmm. I am is I'm just bipolar. And, you know, again, you have bipolar, you're not bipolar. And I thought the same way too. It's like, you know, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do. And I'm going to be held back by this illness, but it, you know, you've yeah, written a um, book, I've graduated school. Like we're yeah. professional people. Like you can still have a very fulfilling and successful life and with mental illness.
4: The way I said, you know, um, you know you old people who can't bend down very well, and they get those little um, claw hands where they yes. really pick something up off the floor. Yeah, so you've got a Tyrannosaurus Rex, right? He's got tiny little arms, and he can't do anything. He can't even scratch his nose. But he gets one of these claws, and suddenly he's unstoppable. Yes, <laughs> that's what a diagnosis like this can be. You've suddenly Jason's got these little grabby hands, and he's gone from being the Tyrannosaurus Rex who can't scratch his nose mm-hmm. to being able to pick up whatever he wants and do whatever he likes. So, so for Jason. He's gone from, you know, stifled to unstoppable in the space of such a short period of time. So that would that, that'd be, that'd be the takeout I'd have for him.
3: Yeah. I like the way you're looking. You, you, I like the way you put that. That's, uh, that's, very, that's positive. And I like it because now, now that he has an answer, like you said, the light bulb, the lights, his mm. life is now going to start. He'll, yeah. he'll live that quality life. I mean, it won't be perfect. And we're not saying that, but he'll live that quality life. That's, that's just amazing.
4: Absolutely. I'm a, I don't know Jason's situation where he has got a partner or a family nearby or anything like that, but it, the, the door has been thrown open for him. Right. Um, for you, Jason, the door has been thrown open for you. And all you've got to do, it's a bit like the Matrix, It's the blue pill or the red pill. <laughs> you choose which pill you take. And if you go down that rabbit hole, you can do <laughs> some amazing things.
3: Right absolutely i mean that is very very well said uh and coming from two individuals who have lived experience mm. and um and uh you know this is not just some doctor not that those are bad of course but it's not just some academic talking from a place of research this is this is real life grassroots. Yeah, i mean
1: i think it's always better if you can you know from the horse's mouth right like- right
4: yeah. absolutely no it's um I don't know. It's cool. I, I, I reckon anybody gets a diagnosis. My son had a diagnosis of ADHD recently and he's like the Pterosaurus Rex now too, but <laughs> the, the door's been open and, you know, it's just better you know, take the matrix pill and see what happens.
3: You know, it is, it is amazing when you go through the mystery of everyone around you knowing there's something wrong, but you don't know it, of course, at first. And then, Maybe you start to realize, wow, there's it's wrong, and I can't put my finger on it, and you're struggling, and then all of a sudden you find out, and then the curtain lifts, the sun shines brighter, and your future looks more promising, and I think that's what, I think that's what both of you, but will, you know, we, we, you know, you're you're coming to us all the way from Tasmania, that's what your story says, you know, once you finally get the curtain to rise and the sun. To rise and and you, you you realize what's going on the world is your oyster sky's the limit yeah i mean, I mean amazing.
1: once you know how to treat it once you have the diagnosis and the name to go with it you know i know labels you know it's more than labels but like once mm-hmm. you have that diagnosis and you can treat it it gets better right because now we're no longer lost we no longer have no idea like why am i acting like this why is this happening to me like now it all makes sense
4: and i understand jason's trepidation as well like he's got this he's been told you know you have this Mm -hmm. and and that's a that's a like pardon the french it's a real oh shit moment
1: yeah right yeah
4: yeah oh all right what next yeah i mean The, the what next is the hardest part
1: i mean when we when we got my diagnosis it was you know Looking back on it now, it's like, oh, what a relief we had a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. But like when you get it, it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, Dang. what do you mean?
4: Right, <laughs> How many <laughs> the world's crashing down around you. Right, like, <laughs> yeah.
1: It takes a minute to like realize that you know this isn't this isn't the end of the
3: world. Right, yeah. and and so and, and and kind of moving moving the conversation along, I'm wondering with all this newfound so promotion and life and success. How are you, what are you doing to maintain that work-life balance that it takes to keep not only yourself healthy, but also to be healthy and, and uh, you know, for your family?
4: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So I was working a, a nine to fiver until about a month ago mm-hmm. and that's stopped now. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. making enough money out of selling books to be, you know, a rich and famous book author. right? So I've had to find something that would suit around that. Right, And uh, it's a matter of finding what your priorities are. If, if my priority was the nine to five and the book was the side hustle, right. nine to five would be the priority. But the priority for me is selling books and you know, telling stories and that sort of thing. So I've had to find uh, employment that allows me to do that. So it's, I, I wrote it to a, a mate of mine, uh, Sam. He he's a cricket umpire as well. Mm-hmm. He's a very good cricket umpire. He's umpired in national cricket. Um, he had to leave his job to pursue his dream. He had, he's a school teacher. He had to teach at another school, leave the school he was at and quite comfortably in to go to another school and follow his dream. And that's sort of what I've done here is I've left the job to chase the dream. And it, it might sound like chasing rainbows or you know, or waterfalls or whatever the case may be, but um, I think that you know, grabbing it by the balls and leaving a job is, is quite scary. It is. But I mm. think if you don't do it, I could sit back in 10 years' time and say, gee, I could have sold another 50,000 books. Yeah. If I had to yeah. just bit the bullet and had a, and had a genuine crack.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're living your dream, you know, you're, you're at least seeing if it, what's the worst that can happen? Well, you just go back to your job. Like there, yeah. you know, there's not, there's not anything lost really, because the experience is still something that you had and it's amazing, but you mentioned cricket twice. Yep. what's the deal with the whole like in the great britain cricket is dying and this whole white ball and red ball thing or is it the white um, ball and black ball like i don't understand cricket like you know in the states we're not sophisticated enough no,
4: it's not it's our sport not sophisticated enough. that's what it is um it's the most <laughs> boring sport in the world it's the most exciting sport in the world at the same time <clears throat> um it's the only sport in the world that i can think of where you can play for five days and nobody wins wow um it's a real war of attrition over five days, the red ball cricket. It's just a, a marvellous thing. White ball cricket is starting to infiltrate in the United States. And no. I noticed um, recently, very recently, that the United States white ball cricket team in a one-day international game, so 50 overs a side, actually beat a test-playing nation. So a test-playing wow. nation There's only 12 in the world. Mm. Wow. 12 teams in the world. And Ireland is one of those. And the United States actually beat Ireland in a one-day game recently. It's the first time the United States have ever beaten the test-playing nation. So wow. watch out for U.S. cricket. Um, it's, it's coming. It's never going to overtake baseball and hockey and basketball and football. Right. Or soccer even. Yeah. But um, with the amount of expat Indians and Pakistanis and Australians and Englishmen living in America, they're forming a really, really good team. Of people who do love the game, and they're starting to take on the best in the world. Yeah. I mean, they're saying it's the fastest growing sport in the entire world. It's the, what is it? It's the second most watched sport in the world. Wow. I would have been um, never imagined. Soccer, of course, because everybody, because, you know, 206 countries in the world play soccer. Yeah. It's um, amazing. Yeah. But it's... cricket is the second um, most watched sport in the world. And hockey, believe it or not, field hockey is third.
3: Wow. I didn't realize that either. Wow, that I mean, you know it, it's it's just amazing because you know we sit over here on this rock and we just you know and 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 we think um the world well, is yeah we, we
1: think the world revolves around
3: us. yeah you know we're American and American exceptionalism that entitlement yep. we we think but the world is so diverse and vast in terms of like you know just society and it's you know it's it's great it's it's well, that's it's what I was we saying
4: before there's more than just um you know in America it's not just football and basketball anymore it's yeah, football basketball hockey soccer right uh, there's a whole lot and now cricket's infiltrating lacrosse is big enough in america field mm-hmm. hockey is getting bigger in america and, right yeah, there's, there's a whole myriad of different I'm, I'm a sports nut i could talk about this stuff all bloody <laughs> well i
0: um, think what's
1: i think what's really cool is that um you know you see a lot of these sports get popular in the schools first like I, I had friends who played field hockey and I had friends who played lacrosse and they went all the way through college with it, mm-hmm. you know? And so these sports, like they're popular in the schools first. And then like, you start seeing them grow professionally. I think it's very
4: neat. I actually had a girl from um, about half an hour from where I live. She went to America to a college over there. And I can't remember what it's called. And it makes me grumpy because I should know, but she just made the NCAA all-stars team for the third year in a row Nice like, from Tasmania.
3: Wow! Yeah, you know, I've seen some news about Tasmanian citizens living, you know, around the world and uh, and and doing really big things. And every time I see it, I always think about you guys. Um, yeah, we punch above
4: our weight a little bit. We're an island of uh, five hundred thousand, I suppose. A little bit, little bit more than five hundred thousand. Oh, that's, and, that's um, yeah. and yeah, we we do quite well um, internationally, domestic and um, domestically as well.
3: Right. No, that's 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 pretty amazing um that's pretty amazing at all so you know what I am super super excited that you you're back on the show it's always good to see friends um but as always what's your mood like tell us a song yeah give
1: us a song of
4: the week
3: yeah give us a song of the week Um,
4: at the moment a song of the week I'm probably rotating between two if I can okay is that against the rules or is that? No, yeah.
3: it's not. I mean, we'll, we'll play one, but uh, we'll, we'll try to play two, maybe. But yeah, go maybe. So
4: the one, two, uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Izzy Kukuku, you know the Hawaiian fella? <clears throat> <laughs> uh, I can't say his last name. It's got, you know, it's got, you need a wheelbarrow to carry the letters. It was <laughs> Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I reckon that's the most beautiful piece of music in the world.
1: I love that song.
3: That's a great it's song.
4: just, yeah, on the ukulele it's just fantastic and the other one i'm really digging on at the moment is called all night by the brothers osborne okay out of the states and the film clip to that is unbelievable the film clip is just tickety-boo like it's, it's so good
3: well excellent we'll drop this in the uh into uh the close of the show yep. and um and hopefully that'll lift people up and we'll also have the link to how to connect with you yeah. Um on social. Do you have any new social places? Like any webs new websites or anything, or you uh
4: all the best stuff. One, same? If you want to find me and, and chat a bit further, is um through the website I've got, which is creativebill.com.au.
3: Yeah, I did um, see, yeah, yep. Yep.
4: yep. Well, on there. There's a contact us page there. Yep. Um, hit that up if you've got any questions at all. I'm happy to uh, this. is the beauty. Um, I've I've brought myself up, I suppose, with the mantra that you've got to be able to talk to anyone, whether it's a homeless person or the queen. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I will talk to anybody. So, if anybody sends me a message through there, I'll get back to you, whether via email or, you know, find, a, find through Facebook or something like that. I'll, um, I'll have you on to anybody. And, and Jason, if you want to reach out as well, like, you know, just, just give us a shout.
1: Perfect.
3: That's excellent. Well, Mr. Will, Sir, the future Sir Will Braid, <laughs> uh, it is so nice to see you, friend, again. And I'm so glad you are maintaining your health. And, um, and just achieving uh, beyond your wildest dreams. And, you know, this book looks great. I look forward to, you know, getting a couple copies of myself. I wish you were closer so you can sign it. Um, Absolutely. We would love to be one of your fans. And, uh, but, you know, just wish you all the success down there. And um, and we're so glad that we'll, we'll be a part of helping you connect this book um, you know with Amazon across the entire world and, yeah, uh, and, and look forward to all of your future projects. But it's so good to talk with you and um, anything you want to say in closing?
4: No, just just stay good for us, guys. Stay good for us, and, um, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you.
2: I got the moon, if you got the shine. I got the back, if you got the beat. Got your solid gold, country 33 on my beat. i nah. nah.
3: Thank you for listening to another week of Bipolar Girl. In the words of Grammy award-winning artist from Africa, Amu Sangari, who I absolutely love, "Confico, the uncertainty of things." You know, living with a mental illness or living with someone with a mental illness can be uncertain at times. But that's why we do this show. We do this show to create community and a place where you can express yourself and get knowledge. Right, honey?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason we have the show, right?
3: Though, again, things might be uncertain, you can be certain that we're here for you. Godspeed and have a great week.